amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here's to good friends, the ones we hold dear. The ones who will tell us what we need to hear. The ones who love us, right or wrong. And to all those good friends who give you this song. Well, hello good friends and welcome back to The Last Walk, Remember When. With your host, Ron Baumbach. And we're going back in time again to 1964-65. So, get up off your easy chair, walk over to your fridge, reach out that tall glass of homogenized and pasteurized milk, also get your Ovaltine, pour it into your glass and pour in that milk, stir it so it's good and smooth, reach over to where your mom just made that cake, she has all those utensils with the mixing stuff and all that frosting on it. And you can lick the frosting off the knife and off the mixer. Sit back in your easy chair. Close your eyes, but turn on that lava lamp. Get ready. It's storytelling time. The last walk is back. Life is too short. We get only one turn. With luck we find beauty, but we sometimes get burned. But if you've had a true friend, or perhaps in love, you've experienced the peace of heaven above. I had been sharing with you some of the stories of the saga of my back from 1964 and 65, and a thing called scoliosis, which I received unluckily, but took care of it, and it's done now. Anyway, it was a story about what we went through, my family and I, and getting this thing fixed. Now, when we last left it, I was in the hospital with my friends Frankie, Stevie, and Gary. I just got my cast put on, was laying in bed, and basically waiting for surgery, which would be uh, three or four weeks down the road. And I had a good time. I was with these guys, they're playing music, having a great time. I couldn't get out of bed, but basically they kept me in stitches. Now, one day, my friend Frankie, who just had an operation and got his leg amputated and couldn't walk, but he could ride a real wheelchair really well. Frankie was pretty adept at these things. Somehow, Frankie convinced the good nurses that he and I needed to go for a walk together. A walk. And meet the other people on the floor. They looked at him like he had three heads. He convinced them. He said, no, you give me a stretcher, put Ron on the stretcher, put me in a wheelchair, and I'll push him around and we'll get things done. Well, they agreed. I was in a stretcher, laying in my cast, Frankie in a wheelchair, 
He proceeded to push me room to room to meet our neighbors on the floor. We had an absolute blast. Now, it was during this walk that I met two of the most interesting people I'd met up to then in my life. There was a young girl, I forget her name now, but she was from Seaford, New York, who had the exact same problem I had, scoliosis. And her main concern was that she loved to ride horses. And they assured us both that after our operations would be over with, our backs would be so strong, stronger than ever. But we were told not to ride horses ever again for fear of falling and possibly doing damage. This news devastated her. She was so upset. We spent countless time on the phone, hours on the phone, talking about this and trying to console her about she'll get over it, she can ride a horse again, etc., etc. We had a shared journey. Ironically, once we both had our operations and once we both were sent home, we lost touch. And I never did meet the girl again. But ironically, the girl of my dreams, my wife, came from the exact same town. It's funny how things work out. Now, the other person who caused me to look on in awe and wonder was a young fellow my age who was a victim of an accident as well. A handsome, young, blonde, 15-year-old boy who looked incredibly fit and trim. This kid looked like he could be an athlete. His attitude was incredibly positive, but his problem totally blew me away. Because of his accident, he was paralyzed from his neck down for life. He could only move his arms and his head, and that was it, nothing else. We would talk about sports and school and life in general. The kid never complained. He was always incredibly positive, one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life then or since then. He, I always admired his courage. He truly made me feel most thankful that in my mind I was in for minor surgery. This kid was incredible, a real hero to all the rest on the floor. Life is too short, we get only one turn. With luck we find beauty, but we sometimes get burned. But if you've had a true friend, or perhaps in love, you've experienced the peace of heaven above. Now I became a fan favorite back home. I would get visitors from the family as often as possible. I was 55 miles away. So my parents would come on dad's day off and on weekends on Saturday he would come out and on his day, one day off during the week. And on Sundays, my mom and my aunt Estelle would take the train out, the Long Island Railroad, Dashing Dens, out to the Port Jefferson Station station. And I guess they'd walk up the hill or take a cab. I have no idea how they got there, but suddenly they would appear in my room and, but the one person I didn't see for a long time was my sister, Deb, who I wanted to see, but couldn't see because she was too young. I think she was nine years old. And back then in those days, you couldn't have kids in the hospital visiting patients. So she was, she had to wait down in the lobby while mom and dad would visit. And I basically spoke to her on the phone, didn't see her for months at a time. But the one thing I did see, and I got watching on TV, listening on the radio, was my love of... Now, one Sunday, my cousins, Barbara, Marjorie, and Eleanor, came to visit me with their mom and dad and my mom. They knew I loved the Mets. That's my team. Always was and always will be. They signed my cast, but added something a bit extra. 
which caused quite a stir a few weeks later. Barbara took out a heavy black marker, I guess a magic marker you call it nowadays, and in big bold letters she wrote, Let's go Mets on my plaster armor. It was really cool. I was a Met fan and now I had it blazing right on my cast. People signed the cast, whatever it might be, but I had my Let's Go Mets right there on my cast. Go Mets! Let's go Mets! Let's go Mets! It was mid-afternoon on a cold December day. There wasn't much going on in the hospital. As I lay in my cast embrace hospital bed, when suddenly I heard a ruckus coming down the hallway in the hospital floor. There was some sort of commotion going on, and a lot of people were talking and making a lot of noise. We had no idea, my roommates and I, what was going on, when suddenly my brother Dick comes into the room, surrounded by other members of the media with flashing light bulbs on their cameras. We're saying, what's going on here? Stepping through the crowd came one tall, strapping figure. He approached me and he said, hey Ron, Heard you were a really great Met fan, and the Mets and I wanted to wish you good luck on your operation that's coming up. I looked at him and I said, Wow, you're Larry Benoth from the Mets. What are you doing here? He went on to tell me that my brother Dick asked him to come and cheer me up. Then he saw my body cast with a big hole in the stomach with the words, Let's go Mets, emblazoned on my plaster belly. He gladly signed right next to it and said, Gee, you really are a big Met fan, aren't you? So he spoke for a while about the previous season. His appearance in a famous record-breaking 23-inning game against the Giants on May 31st of 1964. Larry and I recall all the amazing plays in that great game. I recall Willie Mays even played shortstop for one inning. And Roy McMillan, who was probably my favorite defensive shortstop of all time, got Willie Mays out on a triple play. The score was tied 6-6, six to six, and that's the way it was at the end of nine. Now it was Ron Herbel pitching for the Giants and Larry Bernard for the Mets. Both teams had already used seven other pitchers. No runs were scored in the 10th inning or in the 11th inning, and it was Roy McMillan who was keeping the Giants away from the plate. Mr. Cepeda, runners go, and it's lined to McMillan on a double play, and maybe a triple play, a triple play, the throw on the first base. A triple play from McMillan to Crane Poole and the side is retired. With the runners going, it was a line shot to McMillan. He stepped on the bag to double Jesus Salou and through the first to triple Willie Mays. A triple play. Oh, boy. And so it went, with one incredible play after another on both sides. At the same time, Larry Bernard was turning in eight innings of shutout ball until Galen Sisko came on in the 15th. So here I am laying in this hospital bed next to my hero, the guy who I watched play in that game, a kid from St. John's University who made the Mets, pitched eight innings in that May 31st, 1964, 23-inning game, which unfortunately we lost by a double, I believe, to Jimmy Davenport, who always beat the Mets. But I was in awe. I had Larry Benoth right next to me, chatting with me about that game, and everything else. How he got injured for part of the year and our mutual hope for the coming season 1965. All the while the cameras were flashing and I felt like I was back in a newly opened Shea Stadium which was only open one year and I was watching my beloved baseball warriors at play. I was pumped. It was phenomenal. A moment in time which I would never forget 
what my brother Dick did for me. How he pulled it off was way beyond me, but obviously not beyond Dick. My picture appeared in the papers. I became sort of a local poster child. My Aunt Estelle carried a picture with her in her wallet all the time until she finally gave it to me. Took it out of her wallet and said, I want to give you this picture. I met someone you may like. She ran into Jackie Robinson at a charity event. Went up to him, showed him the picture, told him about me, and he signed it. But the autograph I cherished the most, the one from all time, is the one from Larry Benoth on my cast. And I still have that cast, driving my wife crazy. It's 50 years old now, and that's part of my legacy, I guess, so to speak. Now, Larry became my personal crusader. I followed his career throughout baseball and always cheered him on. No matter what team he played for or what team he coached, he coached the Expos and the Rockies, and he was really, in, in many ways, my personal star. Now, the following spring, 1965, while I'm laying in the hospital bed, the Mets started spring training. My Aunt Violet, my dad's baby sister, heard of my visit from Larry Bernoth. So she went to the training complex in St. Petersburg with an unsigned get well card. She tried to find Larry Bernoth, wanted to give him the card, have asked him to sign it, mail it back to me. But Larry did one thing better than that. Rather than sign the card himself, he took the card from her, went into the clubhouse, saw Casey Stengel, Yogi Berra, Warren Spahn, all the Mets players, Bud Harrelson, Ron Svoboda, all these people, had the whole team sign the card. Now when that card came in the mail to me, and I had no idea it was coming in, it was overwhelming. Talk about brightening a kid's day, it certainly made mine. I was awestruck. And I still have that card. Now my claim to fame spread throughout the village of Wilson Park, a lovely town. On the rare occasions I was allowed to come home from the hospital, in between operations, in a stretcher, the fire department would send their ambulance to drive me and pick me up, bring me back out again. One day they came to our house, but I didn't think I was going back to the hospital. I was kind of surprised. What's going on here? So they said, no, we have someone who wants to meet you. So they put me in a stretcher, put me in their ambulance, drove me to a village pool where the Mets all-star second baseman, Ron Hunt, who was on the disabled list, was making an appearance. He couldn't play. He was on the DL for about a month and a half. So the ambulance pulls up, they wheel me out, and Ron Hunt walks over to me and starts chatting with me. It was unreal. He asked me about my surgeries, how I felt, said the whole team was looking forward to me recovering really well, and just made me feel like I was floating on air. It was unbelievable. My two favorite Mets, Ron Hunt number 33 and the original number 31, before Mike Piazza had retired, the original number 31, Larry Bernoth. Now, years later, the summer of 1988, my wife and I and our three boys, my wife was pregnant with our daughter then, in essence, there were five of us, went to Montreal on vacation. The Expos, now the Washington Nationals, were playing, and we bought tickets to see them play. Larry Bernoth was now their pitching coach. I called their front office, told him who I was and what Larry had done for me 24 years earlier. They were very touched with the story. And I asked if I could possibly meet Larry and thank him. They said, we'll work something out. We were told to go to a special gate inside the stadium before the game. 
All of a sudden, this tall man in a now expo uniform appears, walking down the hallway. It was Larry Benoth. And I told Larry, now I'm a man now, and he's obviously an older man, I told him his hospital visit to me years earlier inspired me. And I always wanted to say thank you personally to what he did to me. We chatted, he saw my three young boys, who were then 10, 8, and 6, all wearing their Mets apparel. And he asked if boys wanted to visit with me in the clubhouse. Visit the clubhouse? Don't ask twice. That was awesome experience. And he mentioned back then that my wife could not come into the clubhouse because females were not allowed in. That's since been changed. So the five of us entered, saw the entire Met Expo, not Mets, Expo team intact, getting ready for the game. It was unbelievable. Larry took a sack of baseballs, sat down on a bench, had the kids sit around him, and said, hey boys, how about some baseballs? Then one by one, he signed a whole bunch of these baseballs, one of which is still enshrined on my office wall. And I believe my kids have theirs as well. Now, Larry Benoth has become a legend in our household. It's quite true. He didn't have the lifetime stats of a Sandy Colfax, or Tom Seaver, or throw a ball as fast as Nolan Ryan. But to me, he went out of his way to make me feel special when I really needed it as a kid. And then some 24 years later, when all I wanted to do was thank him, he did it to me again. My hero, Larry Benoth. Oh, I've been so lucky and I've been so blessed. In spite of my failings, I've found success. For I've known love and I've known good times. And I have known friendship and written some rhymes. You've been listening to The Last Walk and the saga of my back. We took a little bit of diversion this time as we went from my back to the Mets and Larry Benoth. And my thanks to Larry Benoth, the memory of Larry, he passed away sadly a number of years ago. My thanks to Larry for what he did and to the Mets, the Mets organization, for giving me over 50 years of incredible joy. And joy while we was in the hospital back then. And to Lindsay Nelson and all those people who made those tapes, which I found on various ways on the internet. Thank you guys for always being there. And the melodic sounds of Lindsey Nelson, Ralph Geiner, Bob Murphy, those guys are boys, all boys of summer. And a special thanks to Paul Cassone for the tremendous song, He Is To Good Friends, written, sung, and composed by Paul. And of course, my brother Dick for pulling off an incredible feat by getting Larry Bernard to visit me in 1964. I'll never forget it. Thanks, Dick. And of course, St. Charles Hospital, the great staff, doctors, nurses, everyone out there, I am indebted to you for everything you've done for me. And of course, my good friend Mike, from his studios in the basement in the wonderful state of Tennessee, where he makes our show, my voice, sound so much better. The book, The Last Walk on Our Block, is available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. It's a Nook print and Kindle version. And it gives me a great pleasure to announce my newest book, I Serve the Wine is now available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. It's a spiritual historical fiction novel about a fellow named Demetrius, the waiter at the Last Supper, and what seeing Jesus and being with Jesus for those last few days how it changed his life. I hope you enjoy it. It's a great read for Lent. Have a great week. See you next time on The Last Walk. Remember when. Hey.
used to good friends, the ones we hold dear, the ones who will tell us what we need to hear, the ones who love us, right or wrong, and to all those good friends who give you this song, and to all those good friends who give you this song.
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.